You're listening to The Life of Tri. It's triathlon for your ears. Oh, it's been a spell since uh, we've been uh, having a chat with the well, he's the debonair and dashing man around man about town, Kevin McKinnon. Uh, welcome back, Cotter. Debonair and dashing are two words I don't think anyone has ever used to describe me. So that that's too funny. Yes, it has been a while. It's been so long. People have actually been reaching out to me. Wondering if I've said something that could up, uh, upset you or you were pissed <laughs> off at my editorial or what the scoop was. So, yeah, we missed missed chatting and um, yeah, you've had you've had quite the adventure over the last little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I look did did take a bit of time out, um, and it was um, yeah very remote in the middle of nowhere, uh, no mobile reception and and things like that. It was certainly. Uh, well needed, I think. I was a bit bit hammered after a uh, pretty intense time at work, but nice to be back. Nice to be chatting about uh, triathlon, Kevin. Um, but before we, you know, get into that, I always like to open with uh, things that annoy me. Um, oh, okay. So here we go. I was wondering. I was talking actually with somebody the other day, and he was asking about the podcasts and stuff, and when we were getting together, and I said, "I bet Phil's going to complain about how cold it is in in Australia." <laughs> <laughs> as we're going through a heat wave here in Canada right now. Why no? Well, it's um someone said someone at work said to me the other day it's cold and I'm like, "Oh, you could be a Canadian." You know, if you know, I've I've learned over the years, Kevin, never to talk weather with you because I'm I'm, you know, not I'm out of my depth. Absolutely. So yeah, no, I I'm I'm guessing your pet peeve this week isn't about being cold. I just had to give you a hard time about that anyway. No, but it, in saying that, it was minus one this morning, and that's not good for me. That's not good. Um, it's not good. Minus I'm, one? Wow. Yeah. 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 First time I'd actually scraped ice, and I know, poor me, off the car um, for a long time. It was, yeah, weird. I guess. Okay. Mm. I'll give you that. That's uh, that's getting down to, to cold stuff once you have to deal with the ice. Yeah, which is three or four months. I know, I know. I mean, it's the thing, right? Like we, 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 we're so we're so not cold weather people here um, on the coast. I mean, everyone's still surfing and carrying on. So I mean, it's a little bit chilly in the water at the moment, I must say. But uh, I did manage to get out the other day. <laughs> I picked my days now. I can tell you right now. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Okay, so I'll give you that. So, what's mm. your pet peeve? You know what? Okay, one thing caught my interest, I will say. Have you seen fin swimming? Have you seen where they put those massive fins on and do pool racing? I have not. As stupid as hell, but really compelling. Like, um, they wear like mermaid fins and they like dive in and they swim, I think, 13 seconds for 50, I think one of the times was. So, huh. Okay. It's mental. Anyway, I'll have to check this out. Do you know what? Do you know what I think? So, here's a tip if you're a pro triathlete, don't tweet, don't Insta, don't, I don't care what happens with your air tickets. I don't care that you're being held up in an airport. I really don't care, right? If you're complaining to an airline, complain without putting me into your world of unhappiness. Um, a lot of pros are traveling at the moment, Kevin, and I'm seeing a lot of social stuff that's like, oh, oh my flight's late. Oh, where's this? Or where's that? Oh, come on, man. Like, you know, ring the airline, do something else. What do you think they're going to, 
quail at your 7,000 followers and get straight to it? Is that what we're worrying about? Yeah, but the things, like to me, it became a story when World Triathlon got involved. So like we ran, we've run a couple of stories on, on that kind of stuff, but it started, like I was with you, I was ignoring it all until World Triathlon um, said, hey, our, our world leader, Georgia Taylor Brown suitcase has been stuck in Heathrow for five days, Air Canada. Can you please do something about it so she can race on Saturday in Montreal? Um, and that's when that's when we sort of jumped on that bandwagon of reporting some of this stuff because it is it is mind boggling. She's uh, she still hasn't got the bag. The last she saw it, it was in Arizona. <laughs> so, um, it, like it just becomes comical. Uh, Flora Duffy, you know, ended up not racing at Montreal seventy point. Sorry, not Montreal uh, on Ironman seventy point three Montremblant because her bike never made it out of Denver. Um, and everyone was like, oh, well, why didn't she just borrow one? And she's like, yeah, I, you know, I, I had an afternoon to try and sort out a bike. I've had injury issues. I'm trying to gear up for stuff. I wasn't ready to take a chance and just jump on yeah. you know, my best friend's bike. I totally understand that. But the best, well, and then Sarah Perez-Sala flying over, I guess, from Spain, to Edmonton for the the uh, PTO Canadian Open, uh, they uh, Air Canada managed to. Uh, it looks like this the rear seat stay just got completely destroyed. Um, but the best was Yuri Kulin from the Netherlands. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't be laughing as I'm trying to tell the story. No, it's so funny. His his bike, I guess um, Westjet. Uh, they lost it for a bit. And they told him, oh, it's on a plane. It's on its way to you. And he looked up on the on his computer. He had air tags in the in the bike case. And it was in somebody's garage in the like not even at the airport. Like it was in the middle of a neighborhood somewhere. Um, and uh, but the the good news is he did get he did get his bike. So I guess um, whoever inadvertently brought the bike home took it to the airport and they managed to get it to him. Um, and then Air Canada for a couple of days had lost uh, Blumenfeld and Gustav Eden or Christian Blumenfeld and Gustav Eden's bikes as well over in Edmonton. Yeah, uh, but they were reconnected to those on on Sunday. So, well, the, you've missed one too because Pablo Gonzalez was uh, tweeting earlier today that the um, Air Canada has uh, cracked his disc wheel. There is a huge crack in it and broken a handlebar. Um, I did not know about that one, so I can add that to my list. I guess I should just start a running commentary, same as you know with the the COVID races that were canceled. I can do Air Canada's latest exploits. Um, it is, it, yeah, it's mind boggling how bad things are in the travel industry right now. It is, and Air Canada did come back to him. Um, and <laughs> what are they going to do? Like, what are they going to do? Two things. That's what travel insurance is for. So, you know. Second thing, um, what are the, what's Air Canada going to do with a cracked disc wheel? They're going to find one in lost baggage or something and pull one out and say, hey, man, this dude's missed his as well. It's unfortunate. I don't mean to laugh at those who have had a mistake, but I don't want to hear about it, to be honest. I'm really not that excited um, by that. Um, I understand it's frustrating, but, man, well, anyway. Um, and another little pet peeve too is watching the green jersey climb as well as the polka dot jersey in the Tour de France. What That's, is that all about? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, do you know, I'm not going to say anything because 
there's nothing to say. It's just is it is literally what it is. Um, and I'm I'm really wary of of being the dude in the glass house. So um, that's all I'll say on that. But um, yeah, it is wild, isn't it? Watching watching a green jersey just floating along. You know, it was like watching uh, you know the U.S. postal guys domestiques winning mountain stages sometimes she's just sitting there going how's that working and they're normally the men for the flatlands but yeah interesting times in uh you know in in the sport um but interesting but uh super i just wanted to quickly mention so uh hugo ul who won the stage was it yesterday Mm. um uh you know canadian winning first time we've had a canadian win a stage for a long long time um, but uh, really special in the McKinnon household because uh, in the 2015 Pan Am Games, uh, Hugo won the time trial and my son, Sean, was third. He took the oh. bronze medal. And um, so Hugo and Sean did some TV stuff together and everything and couldn't have been a nicer guy and, uh, you know, more of a sort of mentor and help to Sean, our son. So uh, it was really exciting to see uh, to see Hugo uh, doing so well, like you know, just a great guy and and very cool to see. Yeah, cool. We um we saw also the Aussie Bling Matthews getting a win too during the week. Um, yeah, holy jumping! That was an impressive stage win too. Yeah, you know, and I was I was when I was um doing a little bit with with Giant. I was um they invited me to come ride with him when he was riding for the Rabobank team. Um, and so I got to you know. <laughs> I got to pedal alongside of him. Hey, ripping bloke, ripping bloke. He was just, you know, he's just down to earth, chatting away. And you know what? You know, the pros, pros are the ones who ask you more questions than you ask them. You know, they're the ones who uh, you hang on to. And, of course, um, on the Australian coverage at the moment, uh, my old sparring partner, Matt Keenan, who built first off the bike with me as a radio show, he's still just, uh, without a doubt, one of the most superb cycling commentators in the world um mw keenan on twitter if you don't know who he is he's oh cool yeah i will for sure check that out yeah really good bloke like apps and do you know what little known fact he dances better than justin bieber <laughs> he <laughs> looks like a stretched out version of novak Djokovic, but he is a tremendously good dancer little there fact. you go that's a, a totally useless fact for a bike commentator of course but <laughs> Spent a lot of time with the great man. I'm sure he'll really appreciate that too. Absolutely. There was there was video of him one time in the tour dancing and it was wild. Now the PTO, let's talk that. Let's get onto that. Um, really it's, it's been a long time coming PTO. All I do at the moment is get alerts from the PTO, um, you know, in my email cause we're on their press list and they send us stuff. Um, and I, I, I must admit they are really, flat out taking names at the moment, aren't they? They are just so quick. Yeah. Um, oh, pushing hard, doing all kinds of uh, media stuff. Uh, great. Yeah. It, it's, um, it's very impressive. The machine that they have in process now um, getting all of this stuff going. So, you know, it, it, it's, we've, I think everyone has been skeptical about at times about what the PTO is trying to do and, you know, can they be like, uh, you know, the Professional Golf Association and uh, World Tennis Association and um, that kind of stuff? And well, they're in terms of the media stuff, they are certainly hammering out all of that now. And 
million dollar race coming up this weekend uh, in Edmonton, uh, which is huge. And then million and a half Collins Cup, the million again um, at uh, at the uh, PTO US Open down in Dallas. So yeah, they're they're putting their money where their mouth is for sure. It's um interesting, isn't it? Like they they also signed that deal during the week. If you didn't see, I know you're all over this, but um they signed up with Warner Brothers to um broadcast their races. And I must admit, like they are they're not just signing up with small names, are they? They're they're just shooting big and they're and they're scoring a lot too. So this weekend with um Edmonton, it's going to be live on Eurosport and it's going to get um, broadcast through 50 territories across Europe um, and then obviously backing onto the Warner Brother Discoveries um, networks as well. So they're really digging in now. Like this is this is a, a dude sitting there at the poker table pushing his chips all in and going, well, this is where we are. So if, Kevin, this fucks up and doesn't work, then Triathlon will never, I believe, be able to recover like if this doesn't go somewhere um then what would actually take for it to go somewhere if you know what i mean so this is not the last chance saloon but this is certainly the biggest and boldest and most audacious um land grab in in triathlon history and if it doesn't work then i don't know what would because the amount of money and effort that's been put into broadcasting to be put into promoting that's been put into developing these events I'm not sure you could actually, you know, top off that. Absolutely. I, I, my concern still is how does the money come in? Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, cause at the end of the day, it's not like they're going to be selling rights to an NBC, uh, an ABC, uh, CBS down in the States. Like, those guys aren't, you know, Ironman pays for its its Ironman or the uh, world championship show on NBC, right? Like that's, NBC's not paying Ironman to put that on. It's the other way around. Um, and, you know, as big as the PTO is getting with all of these events and the money and everything, they're still not Kona. Um, so, you know, I, I don't see the money coming in on that front. Um, now is an outside plus the future of that kind of thing. I don't know. Um, I, I get the impression smarter minds than mine and possibly yours, although yours is pretty smart. Um, you know, Mike Moritz, uh, who I have now sort of started to learn is one of the people behind all of the outside plus stuff. Um, who is also the man behind the PTO is maybe positioning stuff in that direction. Well, that's exactly so, what he's going because that's, you know, like PTO plus got launched this week, you know, so, you know, they're, they're the apps there, PTO plus the app, you can get on that um, and you can watch all the uh, racing from Edmonton. Um, this is not an ad either. I'm just, telling you what I'm seeing. So the model's there. And I reckon they're talking, you know, they're talking engagement of 50 million on these platforms. That's 50 million for people who want to watch sport, not our sport. They want to watch different sport. You know, Eurosport does a lot of stuff. And obviously with the Tour de France at the moment being so big and, um, you know, everyone's engaged in that. The PTO can't even expect to get anywhere near that because it's largely unknown still. 
Um, and obviously you, you know as well with, you know, your experience in cycling that, you know, the, the numbers of countries who take it live and be glued to it, they won't be glued to a triathlon, you know. Um, it'll no, be- but it, the one thing that triathlon has always had in its favor, and this, you know, I learned back when I used to work with Graham Fraser, the, you know, the guy who founded or the guy behind Ironman North America and stuff. Um, and Graham you know, started it all out with the, you know, Subaru Triathlon Series, President's Choice Triathlon Series with TV um, and managing to sell sponsors and sell the TV folks on, yes, our numbers aren't going to be huge, but they're the numbers you want. Yeah. So Subaru, uh, when you look at the demographics of triathletes, it's nauseating. You know, the, the average Ironman athlete makes over 200 grand a year. Um, they're the kind of people who do buy Subarus there, you know, and so the, the demographics are what can be very attractive. And I'm guessing a Mike Moritz is also aware of that. So maybe the numbers don't need to be as high, um, because the, the people who are watching it, um, are, aren't necessarily the people who are watching NASCAR and basketball and, and that kind of thing. It's, it's another way to attract that crowd. I, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm just wondering if that's part of the, uh, the thinking behind it all. It's been the way that it's been that sort of thinking for years, that dedicated niche market that everyone talks about in triathlon, you know, and then there was that period of time where triathlon was the new golf. <laughs> um, you know, there was that idea. That's what they try to sell it as. And you're right, because there was so many people who are engaged in the sport who are, you know, can, the demographic would suggest it's there. And as you're right. I mean, those brands who want to talk to or speak to the um, the triathlon audience and that demographic, that spendy audience, they're not going to build their own platform. They just piggyback on everybody else's. And so you're right. The Subarus of the world, Toyota came and did it in Australia for a number of years who wanted to talk to the Australian, to the Australian triathlete market without actually building anything. They just piggybacked on stuff that, you know, we were doing, for example, uh, on First Off the Bike. We had a wonderful partnership with those guys for three years. They were brilliant. Um but they didn't want to build their own stuff. They just said, well, can we use yours and brand yours? And we're like, yeah, it sounds great, you know. Um, and so there is, you're right. There is money to be made in that way. Um, there's money to be made in eyeballs as well. Uh, and creating a really good product is one thing that will get people watching. They can't put up shit. That's the thing, right? You can't have oh, yeah. some. But that's um, one thing that the PTO right from day one, uh, like the, the quality of what they're doing is pretty, pretty incredible. Um hmm other than the announcer that they keep hiring, but you know, Hey, they'll, I'm sure they'll work on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He works for free though. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, Kevin is talking about himself. Um, but that's like, even on the onboard commentary though, like they've got Shepley there, um, Belinda Granger. I, I think they've got a, and look, I love both those guys. Um, they've just got to make sure they're not diving into that sort of Iron Man kind of setup where they, it's yeah. still not right. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to get some good people on. You've got, you know, the anchor and the host and stuff. And I think they do it better than almost anyone, um, notwithstanding the World Triathlon who do it best for so long. They've had a really good product. Iron Man's been hit and miss, as we all know. Um, but yeah, again, so they can't put up crap. And that means that Iron Man can't put up crap either because they're going to be seen as crap next to what PTO are putting up. So everyone else is doing, yeah. All of this, Kevin, is designed to make this the product better, which I think is a good thing. Yes, absolutely. And then the the other thing is, 
at the end of the day, <clears throat> it comes down to the racing and the athletes. And um, we haven't even really talked about, it's a pretty monstrous field. Yes, we're missing Jan Ferdano in Edmonton um, and uh, Patrick Lange. But other than that, we got some major players. Uh, Alistair Brownlee just signed up to, to join in on the fray. And just uh, Christian Blumenfeld, uh, Gustav Eden, Lionel Sanders, People are just chomping at the bit to see those guys go at it. I, I think it's going to be awesome. It is, and let's have it. I mean, let, well, we've we are um, moving on to that. It is a good field, uh, and it have to be. Like, you know, if pro triathletes don't show up, then they're shooting themselves in the foot. So, yeah. you know, and as we've said time and time again on this podcast, you need to do this multiple times. You know, you need to do this five, six, seven, eight times a year. You need big races all the time. The one day in October that gets everybody there is just rubbish and it's boring and it means that for the rest of the year, you know, you sit there going, well, what else am I doing? Because, you know, three good pros have showed up or even five good pros. It still doesn't make a race. You need a loaded field like this um, to, to really sell a product, right? And if they're a bunch of unknowns, even, you know, they still have got to capture triathlons market. Like people like you and me, like I'm not watching this unless there's a stacked field. If there's seven or eight pros, I'm going, eh, you know, I've seen that before. It's boring. You know, there's not much going on. I want to see a raft of really good professionals. Um, and I want to see it eight, nine, 10 times a year. I don't want to see it once a year because it doesn't make any difference to me. It's just a one-off. It's good, but we need more. Yeah, absolutely. And the PTO is doing a great job getting to that point, right? So uh, we'll we'll see it three times this year and five times next year. Mm. And then, you know, I think, I think five is a good number because you mix in five, to, uh, you know, five PTO big time events with Kona, uh, with, you know, pick one other major Ironman event. Um, you've got your Super League month. Those guys are knocking it out of the ballpark yeah. with their month in September. Yep. Um, and uh, so then all of a sudden you're starting to get things spread out through the year a bit more. Um, I, I think, you know, you, you, there are four tennis majors, four golf majors. So, yeah, I think we're we're getting into the right ballpark with that five number. Yeah, we are. You're absolutely right. And that's what the sport's been dying for. The sport has been, you know, clearly lacking this over the years, and it's good to see. Um, it's hard to see uh, those two boys getting beaten, though. Oh, so, you know, I wrote the story, can Lionel Sanders beat Christian Blumenfeld and Gustav Eden? Um, yeah, in theory. Uh, but it's, it's a tough ask, man. Like, those guys, well, the one dude's the Olympic... Olympic gold medalist, right? So that means he can go super quick over an Olympic distance race. Gustav was uh, sixth or eighth at the Olympics last year. I always forget that. Um, yeah, but he, no one can beat – Sanders can't beat those two. He can't. He just cannot. It's not going to happen. Well, I mean, then, you know, there's, there's racing, right? So, you know, last year Gustav got a flat in, uh, in St. George at the 70.3 Worlds. Uh, but both of them having something happen, you know – I wonder if it was Lionel on the phone to Air Canada saying, hey, can you send those bags to Reykjavik or something? Because <laughs> uh, you know? Gustav, I was, I was joking, like there's probably only 10 of Gustav's bikes on the planet right now. 
So yeah. it's not like he's he's getting a second bite very easily. Um, so traveling for him is probably a little more stressful um, than uh, than for others. But yeah, now um, a healthy Alistair Brownlee. Whew, there's a dude who I you know if he's healthy, but you know he had to pull out of the sub seven with a with a hip issue. Was sick for um, uh, was sick for. Uh, World Champion Ironman World Championship in St. George. Um, and then, you know, the wheels just fell off. Like he looked at, at 10K of the run in uh Oceanside, Oceanside 70.3. Mm. I was just like, oh well, there goes, there goes Alistair. He's back. He he looks awesome. And then the wheels just fell off. So um if we're it it's it's hard to imagine that the Al- Alistair's rolling in and in awesome shape, but here's hoping anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, he's always, he's always a Brownlee, right? Like there's always that name that he carries and the weight that that carries. Um, and he's clearly, you know, made for this event too. He's, you know, when he's on, he's, he's blindingly fast. No one's beaten those two boys. It's, it's going to be a battle in those two. Sanders will be sort of next around. Do you have a dark horse? Do you have someone who you might not, people might not be thinking of who you think might just be a sneaky chance for a podium? Uh, Jackson Laundry, Canadian. I'm being biased on the, on the Canadian (laughs) front, which I don't normally do. Um, And I hate to do this because um, uh, it might inadvertently put some more pressure on Jackson, but the dude won Oceanside 70.3. And uh, you know, uh, he podiumed in Montremblant. I saw him a few weeks out from Montremblant. Um, he had taken a full week off. So, you know, he'd sat down with his coach. The big goal was Edmonton, Collins Cup, um, U.S. Open in Dallas, and then 70.3 Worlds at the end of October. And they went, we need to take some time off now so that we can build into that big block of major races. So, um, you know, that's the difference. Like Lionel's worried about Kona in October, as are Christian and Gustav, right? Like they've, their focus has to be slightly different. Whereas for someone like Jackson, he is dialed in on races that are either 100K or 70.3 or whatever that is in K. Um, you know, so my, so yeah, there there's somebody to keep a keep an eye on in my mind, for sure. Um, where do we sit with Sebastian Kindler these days? Um, well, is Sebastian? I you know what I'm I haven't confirmed that he's coming. Right, he had to pull out of out of uh, Roth with I thought it was an injury or was he sick? Um, and I've seen lots of social media posts from him lately of a, a Scott road bike that he's talking about getting out and riding. So, um, yeah, you know what? I'd have to confirm that he's going to be there. So um, missing or not, right. Missing or not. Let's, what do you think about how, how's obviously, you know, world champion, super talent, but is he coming to the end of his, you know, so he's made it abundantly clear he's uh, he's in a two-year retirement uh, tour. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's done at the end of next year. Uh, this will be his last Kona, from what I understand. Uh, so he's you know off to do Kona and then um, move on. So 
Yeah, you you don't feel the same. There doesn't seem to be the same fire there uh, with uh, with uh, with Sebastian. You know, he. Um, uh, it was funny because going up the hill, uh, one of the hills uh, through Snow Canyon um, at the World Championships. I can't remember who he yelled to, but he yelled to, you know, one of the photographers. Um, yeah, I'm not looking so good now. And I'm guessing that <laughs> referred to early on in the race when he was sort of in the, in the main group and looking, looking fantastic. And so you sort of get the feeling that his head's not in that same space anymore. You almost feel like he doesn't think he can do it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't look, he's, he was a force and he was, he's still, you know, such an enlightening guy to talk to and things like that, but I'm not sure he's, um, he's the force he was. And they said he deserves a lap, two year lap of the world because he has put so much into the sport. No one's going to deny him that. Oh, the guy's been a great. And, and don't like, please don't take any of what I just said to imply that, the guy isn't still an amazing athlete and, you know, could pull stuff out. Um, anyone who saw it, like, I, were you in, uh, were you in Henderson, Nevada, like uh, for that 70.3, his first win? No. Um, so it was, it was mind boggling to see just when he went by the pack on the bike. I've just, yeah. I've just never seen anything like that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I believe that there's still little flashes of that brilliance still there. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it would be I think the world would truly be happy to see him pull something that out like that out. But it uh, it just doesn't seem like all of that's there for him. No, and I want to see I want to see one last hurrah from him, something big, because he's yeah fun to watch, fun to um to interview he's just you know he's a a really solid dude and someone who deserves as i said uh the full lap um and one just one more thing i'll quickly say um what was very interesting a person that will be you know in terms of this field very much under the under the radar and i don't believe has any chance of winning because he can't run with everybody but i got to announce at uh, the clash uh watkins glenn event a couple of weeks ago or a week and a half ago and Andrew Starkowitz. Oh, that come week. on. I, you know what? Like <laughs> the guy rode, it was pretty impressive his ride. And, but yes, I don't get me wrong. No way that Andrew Starkowitz wins this race. If he gets <laughs> out the back within one K. Um, but, um, you know, I, I was sitting there announcing at that race, basically saying, yeah, it's just a matter of time until Jason West goes flying by. Yeah. Um, and, and Andrew held him off. Um, and, uh, you know, Starkey drives or yeah, Starkey drives me crazy at times uh, with some of the things that he says and yada, yada, yada. But um, I had to take my hat off to him. That was uh, okay. a, a very impressive race. And, and so I would not be surprised to see him nose his way up to to the front on the bike just to get some TV time or get some broadcast time. I would not be surprised at all to see that. He won't even get anywhere near the front of the field. He's a sideshow, that guy. Um, 
enjoy his work, but he, he's a sideshow. And he's winning the odd race still. Good good luck to him. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not convinced, Kevin, that you know, if he tried. Do you know I remember one time talking to Simon Garrens, who ended up being a very accomplished Tour de France rider. And he said to us, and we were on the radio and he was we were chatting to him about the Tour de France, and he said that when he was riding for AG2R, his director sportif told him to get into the break. It was his first year on the tour, I think he said. He said he pulled out into the wind, and by the time he got to the front of the bunch to break away, he said, I was too smashed, so I had to go back into the bunch. <laughs> it just made me think of Starkey trying to get above the Norwegians. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you see, here's the thing. The Norwegians don't have to hammer to the front of the bike, right? No, like, not. I mean, so, so this is the thing. They... It must just be frightening because they can win however way they want to. Like, can can you imagine how much fun it is to be their coach? Um, yeah. yeah, if they go out hard from the swim, just go with it. Oh, if they want to turn it into a kicking race and it comes down to the last hundred, totally fine too. Yeah, yeah you guys, you, you like, it must yeah, be mental. so much fun. It's mental. Hey, the women's side is pretty stacked too isn't it and and it's uh been well populated by some very um very fast women which is good to see as well because it does get extremely exciting uh with some of when some of these uh athletes get involved but uh who's headlining this it's I, i'm looking through the list and i'm i've been looking through this week and i wonder how do we headline this because of there seems to be a number of athletes who could win this Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's funny. I was just, it's funny the way that you put that because I was trying to figure out exactly what you are saying. So, you know, I think uh, the PTO and, and all of us have been headlining it as Paula Finley, you know, because she's mm-hmm. local. She's from Edmonton um, and would be monstrous to see her win and on, on her home turf and, and all that stuff. And and Paula, we've seen when she is on, absolutely frightening. Like that, you know, when she won the the PTO championship in Daytona, that Daytona, was just yeah. it was it was you know Paula at her best and and just fantastic racing. And so if she rolls in in that kind of shape, she is right up there. Um, but it's you know even if she has her best race, um, it's going to be a, it's going to be tough to win this because you've got Laura Phillip who you know, couldn't race, arguably would have been one of the favorites going into St. George and ended up not being able to race there because she got COVID. So then she, you know, puts all of her energy into Hamburg and misses, was it six seconds, seven seconds? Misses Chrissy Wellington's, um, you know, world best for the full distance from Roth by, you know, just just seconds. There, 818, I feel like she went 818, 18, so maybe five seconds. And then you've got Taylor Nibb, who, you know, we, we raved about, or oh, I raved yeah. about a ton of times last year. Uh-huh. Like, just frightening how, how good she is. Um, and then Nicholas Spirik, who's retiring, you know, speaking of the Sebastian Keelan, she's retiring at the end of this year, but you don't you don't sort of have the same feeling as as with Sebastian, who's like, yeah, I want to enjoy my last two years. Nicole Nicola um, appears to want to <laughs> go out with a bang, and I think she was frustrated with the sub seven that she, you know, she had um, 
lost a little bit of training from an injury and, and wasn't able to hang on through the, the tail end of the run, still went nutty fast. Um, but it, it's hard to believe that she was basically, you know, it was, she had surgery uh, for a monstrous bike crash in February, worked so hard to get back into awesome shape. So I think she's going to be one to watch. And this is a great distance for her. You know, the Olympic champion um, and 100K is right in her wheelhouse. So. Yeah, I like um, Ashley Gentle, you know, just extremely uh, good at all, at everything she's ever turned her hand to in this sport. I think she's my outsider for a good result. Now, I don't know what that means, but I think she'll race well. Um, so my, my thing with Ashley is just not the same sort of consistency, same deal. Like, you know, when she's on, so Clash Miami this year, she looked just amazing, but other, it's just, I don't feel like there's, she hasn't quite nailed that consistency. Um, so, but yes, yeah, certainly has the, the talent and everything. The bike is going to be a stretch for her though. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the you know the, the, unfortunately for her, there's she's. I feel like she's a year away from developing that bike power and everything that that is needed to go this kind of distance on the bike. But, I mean, she'll be. I mean, due to her swimming prowess too, though, like she'll always be um, coming out in good in good space. Um, yes. You know, she and so, Taylor absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. Laura Phillip has been swimming super well. Uh, Paula should be able to stick with them. She's been working with her, working on that. Um, I think Nicola might be a little bit back, uh, but then Nicola's such a powerhouse on the bike. She She's one person who can ride up to a Laura Phillip and a Taylor yeah. Nib and, uh, and a Paula Finley, which is frightening because you know those three are unreal on the bike. But Nicola is one person who can ride up to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's gonna be awesome. And and so and then you look down the list of people I haven't even mentioned. Holly Lawrence, like, how do I not talk about Holly Lawrence? Yeah, you know, she can swim, bike, and and um, and then another outsider you, you've mentioned, um, Ashley T- Tamara Jewett, Tamara Jewett, um, will hands down be the fastest runner in the field. Mm. Um, and the question is, how close can she stay on the bike? So. Yeah, it's that question about how much she can give up, isn't it? Yep. Before uh, it gets then, out of hand. And you would know better than I. Is Ellie Salthouse in the in the wheelhouse? Yeah, I mean, again, I, she's just another one who I think she's been pretty. She's had a pretty decent um, career at this, and it's just I, I the the, the weird ass distance here too. That twenty k extra or thirty. What are we talking about? That little bit extra on the bike, I should say. So, just does make for something. It just it adds a little bit, um, and a lot of these um, the women who haven't really stepped up and done a lot. Of, oh man, I think I don't know. I I I'm not a hundred percent sure how that's going to unfold for her. I do like her as an outsider though because she has put in good performances. So, you know, these are the ones who may be able to run through. Um, if it does start to blow uh, at the front on the bike. I mean, if they all sort of start really racing 
then the run becomes a bit of a battle, which is great because then, you know, while people are popping left, right and centre, other people who, you know, might have been a touch more conservative can run through, which is always fun. You know, you always want to see that fly, that one person, whether it be, you know, in the men's or the women's race, who's just having an absolutely flying run and they pick up a few places. That's always good to watch. Yeah, well, so the the bike in in Edmonton will be 80K, so 10K less than a 70.3. Um, so that's yeah, sorry. Of, I was thinking the hundred, sorry. I had a hundred in my head yes, for some reason. Yeah. hundred total distance. Uh, so yeah, it, it kind of, uh, you, you need to be, this is where it favors the Olympic distance folks. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, yeah. More. Um, and then, but then you've got an 18 K run. So you're, you're close to that, the half distance run. So, um, and then you, you can know, still do damage in the 80 K bike ride. You can still you you know you can still get on the rivet and really um and really I guess t- trash your legs for the run. I mean I know they're all pros and they're used to it, but you know if they start to really push, um you know that that can have its adverse effects too. So and then so yeah and then if it comes down to the run and uh, you've got somebody like Tamara Tamara Jewett, um, and then Emma Pallant Brown haven't talked about her either. Um, you know, there's somebody who can run with the best of them. Um, yep. and, uh, so again, if she's in touch, uh, then sky munch, um, you know, just rock steady. So sky is the, is the one, if anyone else falters, she's, she's just right there. She's the one that keeps everyone honest in this field. Um, so, you know, and, and so, yeah, whew. As stacked as the men's field is, the women's field, it, it doesn't have Daniela, but it's got pretty much everyone else. And, yeah. uh, well, sorry, it doesn't have Daniela, it doesn't have any Hauk. Um, but, you know, pretty much everyone else is there. And so that makes for uh, some very exciting racing. And, yeah, so if, if I'm Taylor Nib and uh, Laura Phillip, um, and yeah, possibly Paula Finley, I'm asking Sarah Perez Sala and Lauren Brandon to go to the front of the swim and just power as hard as they possibly can uh, yep. to try and, you know, try and create some gaps for the swimmers. Um, and uh, my guess is, you know, that's those two's best chances anyway. Um, so, and Sarah Perez Sala, her running is just getting better and better and better. Um, interesting thing for her that I think will help her in these kind of races is she's gone back to Olympic or, uh, to world triathlon stuff. I'm guessing she's trying to get points to, uh, go to Paris in 2024. Um, so that's going to help her on the speed front too. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, I pretty much, I feel like I've said pretty much the whole field. Just to, <laughs> uh, it, 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 I guess all I'm trying to say is there's a bunch of big men's names there, uh, but the women's race has a ton of big names. It's just not any of those kind of huge headliners that that were that normally we would attach to an event. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what's your your you've got a you've got a role there at the uh, at the event? What are you up to there? So yeah, I'm, I guess I'm the lead announcer on this on site. So I'll be doing the uh, press conference and uh, all all of that fun stuff through the weekend. So yeah, really looking forward to it. It's uh, it's it's going to be just a great weekend, and 
<laughs> they, you know, we had a meeting about the press conference and they're, uh, you know, it's going to be streamed on uh, the PTO plus and definitely want me to try and get the boys fired up and going after each other. <laughs> I think that's going to be harder to do with the women, uh, but uh, we'll give it a shot anyway. Um, and yeah, see if we can keep this, uh, keep things interesting on Friday. And then I think the racing is going to take care of itself on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's, I mean, you, you're in a, you're in a tough position. You're at a pre-race press conference. Everybody's nervous and you're going to sit there and try and poke the bear. That's, that's some fun for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Although I, as I said, I don't see that being an issue at all with, um, with, uh, Christian, uh, Gustav, Lionel and, um, Alistair there. Like, I think those guys are all very good at playing, playing that kind of game. I just sort of feel like, uh, the, you know, the Laura Phillips and, um, and Paula's and of the world, they're, you know, a little more, little less likely to, uh, push those envelopes. So well, you've I, seen I, Kevin. I have no interest in trying to draw all of that out. So you anyway, need to, we'll this is where you need to come into your own, mate. You need to sit there and you need to say, uh, so Paula, you read in the press that, uh, you know, this one here said you're a bit of a no-show, a bit of a bit, bit rubbish. Just start yeah, stirring that, it up. That's, yeah, that's totally my style. Yeah, you you got you, you got me pegged right there. Good <laughs> See, this is where I'd be perfect because I'd be quite happy to do that. So, uh, read in the media that uh, she said you're garbage. What do you think of that? Off we go. <laughs> Press conference will write itself. You'll be world famous, mate. Um, and it's also good too that we bring in triathlon to a developing country. That's great. So Edmonton gets to see it. Um, <laughs> so Edmonton is tied with Lausanne for hosting the World Triathlon World Championships the most times. So, yeah, there you go. When you guys are up to, is it four times hosting a Worlds, then uh, give me a call down in Australia. Hey, they oh, always said, they, they always said, charity charity begins in Edmonton, man. <laughs> it's a lovely thing. Oh, hey, thanks for, uh, for your time. Hey, good travel. We'll be back next week for sure when we're going to dissect this race and we're going to talk about that. So uh, make sure you, you follow us um, and, and listen in. If you've spent a bit of time listening to us over the last 40 minutes, hey, thanks for being part of this. Uh, if you like it, tell your mates. Um, outside of that, we'll be back next week. Kevin, happy trails. Good luck uh, setting some fires at the press conference and announcing at this, uh, this new event. Hey, thanks so much, Phil. Great to catch up and uh, glad that uh, you you are back in action. It is fun to, fun to catch up. All right, we'll be back next week and uh, this is all we've got for the Life of Try. Make sure you follow us on Instagram or catch us on Twitter. If you've got any comments, shoot them through. We'd love to hear from you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Life of Try. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at the Life of Try.